Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation this morning is recorded for us in Luke chapter 24, verses 45 through 47. Then he, Jesus, opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. These are the words of our text. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us these words to open our minds and our hearts to the truths that you would have us believe. We pray then that you would pour out your spirit on us through them. Change our minds and our hearts that we would conform to your will. Sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. In Jesus the Christ, dear fellow redeemed, do you consider yourself to be an open-minded person? What does that mean? You will hear open-mindedness, closed-mindedness in the discussion of the world around us. What does it mean to be open-minded? I would say the general use of our culture is that open-mindedness is the acceptance of new ideas and new experiences. That's not necessarily a good definition of open-mindedness. Open-mindedness would be better defined as considering new ideas and experiences. Our world's definition reaches the conclusion that if you say no to any idea or experience, you are closed-minded. Christians then are often portrayed as closed-minded because they will say no to the idea that there are more than two genders. No to the idea that sex before marriage and outside of marriage is a good idea. No to the thoughts of all the other perversions of God's law. So what is a proper Open-mindedness. I would say, yes, Christians should be open-minded to new ideas and experiences and evaluate them for truthfulness and their benefit. So I just want to leave that aside for a little bit and, and talk about the context of our text. Our... Our text is the record of Jesus appearing to his disciples that first night of his resurrection in, in the upper room with the doors locked. Jesus, by this time, has already appeared to Mary, to a larger group of women, to Simon, and to the disciples on the road to Emmaus, those two disciples, whomever they were. So 
for the disciples at this time, they would be of the opinion that their life is out of control. That everything that they thought about the world, everything they thought about themselves, especially everything that they thought about Jesus, is just all in flux. He didn't do what they expected him to. He was then falsely accused, tried, and executed. He's been dead in the grave three days. And now they start to hear reports that he's not dead, he's alive. Their life was totally out of control. And that uncertainty led to their fear. That's why they were in that upper room all locked, trying to get some stability, trying to make sense of what is happening. Now, who were those disciples? They were people that had spent up to three years with Jesus. Three years hearing Jesus teach and share the Old Testament scriptures to them. Yet you can make an argument that they were very closed-minded in the way that they approached Jesus' teaching. They didn't really want to consider new ideas. They had a, a plan in their mind about what the Messiah should do and will do. And though Jesus at times pointedly told them, I'm going to suffer and die and on the third day be raised to life, they just closed their mind to that thought. Now if Jesus' disciples could do that, after three years of living with him, is it possible that we could also be close-minded to the scriptures? To what God is actually saying and actually planning in the work of salvation? Yeah, that is a rhetorical question. The obvious answer is yes, if the disciples could do that, so are you then open-minded to the Scriptures? That's really the question that our text poses. Jesus in that room, on the, the upper room on that night, opened the mind of the disciples so that they no longer held to this hard and fast rule of what he would do as the Messiah. They began to take in new ideas about the person and work of Jesus the Christ. Now, I could have a lengthy section right here on being open-minded towards God's Word with regards to how we are to live. Remember, open-mindedness is in the good sense, taking in new ideas, assessing them for truthfulness and for their benefit. And obviously rejecting anything that isn't true and anything that isn't good. So we could look at our lives of sexuality and all the things that the world is proposing for us and say, well, that's not true. 
That's not good. That's not beneficial for me. I can say no to that because God wants me to say no to that. But there's another aspect of our closed-mindedness that I really want to touch on today. I don't know about you, but I have certain sins that still plague me. I often think about them, and my mind is often full of regrets and shame as I think about the things that I've said and done or pondered in my heart. And I really wonder if those things are forgiven. And sometimes I get really stuck on how a righteous God could look at things like that and say, I love you. I want you to be with me in heaven forever. What I've had to come to terms about myself in in those moments in which those things is that I'm actually approaching it with a closed mind. I'm not open to the new ideas that God is presenting to me. I'm not seeing the good that God has planned for me. And especially, I'm not seeing the good that God has done for me in Jesus. That he was crucified and died because of those sins and all mankind's sins. And God has said that because of that perfect life and that innocent death, all those terrible things, the worst things that I know of in my mind and my heart, they are forgiven. John wrote, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts. That means he wants me to be open-minded to what the scriptures say about my guilt. That Jesus has taken it away. That God through Jesus has atoned for all the wrong that I have done. And he wants that new idea to take root in my mind and in my heart In my very being. So God wants you to be open-minded. To evaluate new ideas. For whether they are true. And whether they are good and beneficial. He wants us to reject what is not. And hold on to what is good. May God grant you his Holy Spirit. That as Jesus opened the minds of his disciples that evening, your mind would be opened. And that you would know that he is dead 
or was dead and is now arisen. And that means that your sins are forgiven. To him be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God which transcends all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we approach your throne of grace, acknowledging that often, just like the disciples, we have been closed-minded to all that your scriptures declare. We do this in how you want us to live our lives. For these sins, we repent. And we pray that you would change us by the power of your spirit to conform our lives to your will. And Father, we do it with regards to your love because we at times doubt the forgiveness that your son Jesus won for us all. Open our hearts that we would believe that you truly love us and have forgiven us of all our sins. Make us confident that one day we will be with you in heaven forever. Bless us as we go through finals this week. Allow us to use our talents and abilities to your honor and glory. And we pray that you would grant us a safe summer also. We commend all things into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.